Are you wanting to be the best stepmom you can be, but your efforts aren't bringing about the results you desire? Are you feeling alone, misunderstood, or just downright exhausted? Do you have high hopes of thriving as a stepmom, but now it's about just surviving? Well, then we're so glad you're joining us for today's episode. I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. If you enjoy this podcast and find it encouraging, would you prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a monthly or even a one-time donation? Ginger and I have already been blown away by the monthly and one-time donations we've received. These donations, listeners, help us to sustain this podcast and keep it on the air. So if you feel led to partner with us, just go to gingerhubbard.com support to donate any amount. And Ginger and I want to give a special thanks to Terry and Joey, for their generous donation in December. Interestingly, their donation was sent the same week that we aired the Interacting with Difficult Relatives episode. And this is interesting because Terry and Joey are my in-laws. So (laughs) I just want to say publicly that their support of this show has been such a gift to Ginger and me. And I'm excited to have them listen to today's episode, which is about stepmoms specifically, but I'm sure it will be an encouragement to stepdads as well. As far as step-parents go, our family has been incredibly blessed. So Joey and Terry, we really appreciate you. And listeners, we appreciate all of you who continue to pour out your support through prayer, feedback, and through your donations as well. If someone asked me, Katie, what is the key to homeschooling with confidence? I would tell them three things. Number one, God's word can't and won't homeschool without it. Number two, coffee, lots of it. And number three, encouragement from fellow homeschooling families. My husband and I have attended homeschooling conferences since our first year of homeschooling, and I am convinced that I wouldn't have the confidence I have today without the wisdom and encouragement I receive year after year. Friends, if you're a homeschooling parent or if you're considering it at all, I highly encourage you to load up the family and join us at the Teach Them Diligently Convention in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, and that's May 5th through 7th, 2022. Ginger and I will both be speaking, and when we're not, we'll be hanging out in the booth selling Ginger's resources and encouraging parents to reach the hearts of their children for the glory of God. For more information about Teach Them Diligently, go to teachthemdiligently.net. Again, that's May 5th through 7th in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, and use the code GINGER to get $20 off your ticket order at teachthemdiligently.net. Ginger, you and I love to encourage moms to reach the hearts of their children, and we don't want to brush over the fact that 40% of American families today are blended families. So in today's show, we wanted to take some time to encourage all of our listeners out there who are stepmoms. That's right, Katie. And as a stepmom myself, I know from personal experience that we need all the encouragement we can get. (laughs) We need lots and lots of support, and we really appreciate getting that uh, practical advice from those who have gone before us. I didn't have to pray too long over who to invite to speak into this topic. I am confident that Laura Petherbridge is absolutely the right person. When Ron Deal, who is the director of Family Life Blended and someone I have tremendous respect and admiration for, says, and I quote, Laura is the best author and speaker I know for stepmoms. Well, there you go. Wow. 
That's high praise. So, Ginger, let's tell our listeners a little bit about Laura. She is an international speaker, the co-author of The Smart Stepmom, and author of When I Do Becomes I Don't, Practical Steps for Healing During Separation and Divorce. Oh, I wish I would have someone would have pointed me to that book yeah. back in 2009. That was the worst year of my life. Mm. So where were you then, Laura? All right, Katie, sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. More about Laura. Well, Laura is featured on the Divorce Care video series used by over 12,000 churches worldwide. She has taught on divorce recovery at Reformed Theological Seminary in Orlando, as well as the Billy Graham Training Center. You can find out more about Laura at thesmartstepmom.com. Laura, what an honor to have you on our show today. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm truly honored to be here and honored that you would discuss a subject like stepmoms and stepfamilies. Yeah, Laura, I actually have personal reasons for having you on our show today. When I married Ronnie Hubbard 10 years ago, he came as a package deal with two boys, and I wanted to be the best stepmom I could be, so I did what anyone who wants to be good at something does. I Googled it, and the first thing that popped up was your book, The Smart Stepmom. I got it, I read it, and thankfully, it made me smarter. I really um, just want to say thank you for that because it gave me the head start I needed to help understand some of the challenges that I was about to face as a stepmom and how to approach those challenges in ways that would honor God and, and truly nurture the whole family. Now, I do want to be honest here and say that I have not always gotten it right, but your book was so helpful. So thank you, Laura, for the prayer, the labor, the sweat, and I can imagine the tears that you put into that book. I know God has just used it so much to encourage many, many stepmoms all over the world. So I think we can all agree that parenting our own biological children has enough challenges of its own, which is why Katie and I have dedicated this podcast to helping moms navigate those challenges in practical ways that are biblically based. But parenting stepchildren, well, that's that's a whole different ballgame. So, Laura, we would like for you to address how the challenges for parenting stepchildren are different from parenting biological children, especially in a situation where the husband is still co-parenting with his ex-wife. How does this change what a stepmom's role is and is not, particularly when it comes to discipline and consequences? Those are great questions, and they're actually the most common things that stepmoms ask me because they really don't know what their role is supposed to be. You know, they come into this thinking one thing, typically, of what their role is going to be. And then when they get into the marriage and the relationship, they discover, oh my goodness, what I thought this was going to be is very different than what it actually is. So it's it's very wise to do what you did, Ginger, and read up a little bit about the role before you actually step into the role. Um, I did not do that. There were not resources around like this um, when I became a stepmom, but I had two stepmoms myself growing up. My parents had divorced when I was eight years old. My dad went on to remarry two more times So I just assumed that because I had had stepmoms, (laughs) that that meant I knew how to be a (laughs) stepmom. And that was just very naive and erroneous thinking of a (laughs) 29-year-old. 
<laughs> so I quickly discovered that it was very different than what I thought it was going to be. And so to answer your question, children have a very different bond with their biological parents than they do a step-parent. It doesn't mean that eventually they won't grow to have a close bond with a step-parent, but to assume that a child is going to connect and bond and relate to and take direction from a brand new person in their life, and especially if this brand new person feels like they are replacing mom or dad, the child is typically going to resist that with everything that is in them. It is just not natural feeling. It feels like a betrayal to their own biological parent, even if that parent has abandoned them. There is a sense deep inside them that this is wrong. I shouldn't be nice to this person. I shouldn't like this person. I shouldn't embrace this person. So for the kid, it's very complicated because even if they like you, there's this inner voice saying, hmm, I don't know if that's a good idea or not. So it's complicated for sure. Mm. Well, Laura, along those lines, what about in blended families where the biological mom is not in the picture? And so the stepmom has her stepchildren full time. So talk about her role, uh, some of the unique challenges she's more than likely facing, and maybe offer a few nuggets of wisdom uh, that will help her be a smart stepmom. In my opinion, the stepmoms who have the largest struggle are the ones who are full-time stepmoms. Now, this runs counterculture of what most people think. This is the opposite of what we would assume because as adults, we're thinking, okay, she's in the picture 24-7. This is going to make it easier. When in actuality, it's just the opposite. The child is grieving the loss of their parent. And sometimes, whether that be through death or divorce and the abandonment, and that can cause them and often causes them to push back on the step-parent even harder, even more fierce. Even if they embrace them very tightly when they're small children, because young children will embrace a step-parent, it's not uncommon for once they hit their adolescent years and teen years to walk away from or shun a full-time stepmom. This is not normally the case with a step-dad. Just the opposite is with a stepdad. Kids embrace a stepfather much more easily than they do a stepmother. And so, as you can tell, it's, it's, it's way more complicated than most people think it is. Yeah, that's interesting. I would have thought the opposite. I would have thought that if the biological was not in the picture at all, that it would have been easier for the stepchild to bond with the stepmom. But that makes sense. That makes sense. They still feel that sense of loyalty and betrayal, whether the biological is involved in their lives or not. So, yeah, that, that's very enlightening. I have two very dear stepmom friends that are both full-time stepmoms. And both of them were full-time stepmoms between 12 and 15 years. And their stepdaughters are now adults. And both of those sets of stepdaughters want nothing to do with their stepmom. 
And these women are like the Mother Teresas of stepmoms. I mean, they are great stepmothers. But see, it's the child's pain. Their mother rejected them. And the stepmom represents what their mother did to them. And so I even had one tell me that, that the child said to her, the nicer you are to me, the more I hate you because you remind me of what my real mother should be doing. So you see that mother wound goes very, very deep. And we tend to minimize that in step families. Yeah, and I think it's important that we understand that instead of taking it as a personal offense. Thankfully, I have a very good relationship with both of my stepsons. Um, but that is that is really good nuggets of wisdom for the stepmom who is feeling rejected by the stepchildren to realize this is not a personal attack on her. This is deep-rooted hurts that they have because of the rejection they face from their biological mother. So, wow, that is so insightful. Laura, you also have another book entitled 101 Tips for the Smart Stepmom, which offers practical help for how to better understand the dynamics of a blended family, uh, what a stepmom can do when she feels like an outsider, ways to navigate the drama. And let me tell you, I can personally testify that there's plenty of drama in blended families and uh, some keys to gaining the respect of stepkids. You also offer compact solutions arranged by topic, which I love. And I just want to pause right there and make sure that you busy stepmoms out there heard that compact solutions part. That means that these are not long, drawn-out chapters that you don't have time to read. These are down-to-earth, at-a-glance, bite-sized tips for topics uh, such as parenting, coping with the child's biological mom, if she's in the picture, finances, uh, celebrating special occasions, and just a slew of other really great topics. Laura, I love that you offer practical solutions on all of these lightning rod topics that uh, stepmoms can start implementing immediately. So in the book, I just mentioned 101 Tips for the Smart Stepmom. You have a chapter entitled, When Hubby is Stuck. It's so common in a step family for the husband to feel torn between his wife and his children, especially when he and his wife, the stepmom, have different views on how the kids should be raised. Um, so in that chapter, you provide some tips for the stepmom so that she and her husband can work as a unified team. So how about sharing some of those tips with us? Well, I made a lot of mistakes in that department. That's why I'm such an expert. Because all of the things I advise are, are, are because I tended to think this is my home, this is under my roof, and things are going to be done my way when these children are in my home. And so um, I quickly learned that I was making things what I call a hill to die on that I should not have. And what I had to come to the realization is, is if the two biological parents did not view this as a big deal, whatever issue it was, whether it be food, cleanliness, picking up after themselves, chores, whatever it is, if the two biological parents were comfortable with one way of doing this, and I wanted it a different way, I was beating my head against the wall because these are not my children. These are my husband's children. Now, sometimes stepmoms hear that and they say, oh, so I'm just supposed to roll over and play dead. 
No, there are things that are that are a hill to die on. For example, disrespect, swearing, bringing drugs into the home, self-harm, things that are dangerous or harmful to your pets or your own biological children or your safety. Those are definitely boundaries that have to be set. But what I was trying to do is I was trying to parent more than the parents. And it is a very, very common mistake that step parents make. Because we see the child through the lens of responsibility. The parent sees the child first through the lens of love. Now that does not mean that a step parent doesn't love the child. It just means that they see them through a different lens. You will hear a step-parent say, well, I want them to grow up to be a responsible person. I want them to grow up knowing right and wrong. I want them to grow up with good ethics and morals and character. Where the biological parent's first thought is, I want them to grow up to feel loved. And so you see there is a difference between the two lenses of a biological parent and a step-parent. It's not saying one's right and one's wrong. It is just different because the child is not biologically yours. The bond is different. And so that is probably the biggest tip I could give is stop parenting more than the parent. Yeah, I made it a hill to die. I've always required my biological children to be very neat and to keep things picked up and tidy. And that was not such a big deal for uh, my husband's kids. And so I I started out on the wrong foot with that and was trying to make that a hill to die on. And that did not go over well, because then you get the whole, you know, you're not my mom thing. And, and I'm not, you know, I, that is my stepchildren. And I do love them. But you're absolutely right. There needs to be, um, we need to choose which hills to die on. I like that. That's very good advice. Does your child struggle with whining or lying and you aren't sure how to get to the heart of those issues and address them from a biblical perspective? Then I'm excited to tell you about a new children's book series I've co-authored with my friend Al Rowland called Teaching Children to Use Their Words Wisely. In the first book, Sam and the Sticky Situation, children learn that there are better ways to communicate than whining. And in the second book, Chloe and the Closet of Secrets, they learn why telling the truth is always best. Both books have a parent page to help children understand why whining and lying are wrong and how they can always turn to Jesus for help. So I hope you'll check out the Teaching Children to Use Their Words Wisely series. I think you and your children will be encouraged. Laura, you've shared that your parents divorced when you were eight and your dad remarried twice, so you had two stepmoms growing up plus a stepdad. I'd say that makes you a stepchild expert. Um, But I love how you list things that kids wish they could say to their stepmom because I guess hindsight's 20-20. Um, so for those stepmoms who are hoping they are getting it right, I'm thinking it would be super helpful for you to share your insights on that. So what would you say, or I don't know, the top three things kids wish they could say to their stepmoms? It's very interesting how that chapter came about because I was speaking at a conference with a lot of young moms and they would walk by my book table and see my stepmom book And they'd kind of glance at it and then walk away like, oh, that doesn't apply to me. But then a few minutes later, they'd come back to the table. And I was so curious as to what was going on. And so I would ask them, are you a stepmom? And they would say, no, but I have a stepmom. 
So let's remember, these women are like 22 to 30. And so they were all coming back to the table to look at this stepmom book because they knew the book didn't apply to them. They didn't have stepchildren, but they had a stepmother. And so what I did is I took that two days at the conference as an opportunity to ask them, if you could say one thing to your stepmother without her being offended or without you being afraid that your dad would be upset, what would you say or what would you ask her? And so I used those answers to come up with this chapter. And it was so interesting. And many of them are the things I would have told my own stepmother. So yes, you're accurate. So the number one thing that the stepmoms, that they wish their stepmothers knew is that when you and my dad got married, it feels like I lost him. I felt like I had a relationship with my dad before you came, in particular if dad and stepchild got pretty close during the divorce or the death of the mom. And then when he met and married you, it feels like I lost him. It feels like he's gone. He sees your children or your grandchildren more than he sees his own. And see, that's largely because we women pretty much run the calendar in our homes. We're, we're pretty much the keeper of the calendar. And so a stepmom is naturally going to gravitate towards her own family more than she is her, her stepkid family, especially if that's not going well. And so these daughters, and myself included, I was only 13 the first time my dad got remarried. And it felt like I completely lost him. Yes, I still saw him, but now I had to constantly be around. I never got him alone. I never got to just sit and chat with him. So that's the number one thing stepmoms would be encouraged to do. Let your stepkids have time alone with their dad. Encourage dad to take the step, the daughter, son out for coffee, out for dinner, out for pizza, whatever, without you, without you, your children, or any hours babies that you may have added to the step family. Let these kids have their dad. It helps them to not be so resentful of the step parent. That's the number one thing. The number two thing. This, these women would love to tell their men and women would love to tell their stepmoms is I really like you. I see your positive qualities. I see how happy you are making my father, but I feel like I'm being disloyal to my mother if I get close with you. So please don't think I hate you or that I think you're bad or that I think you're the wicked stepmother, even if that's the way I act. Because deep inside, I do have an affection for you. I just have to keep that at bay because either my mother will be mad at me if I display that, or I have turmoil within me that I am feeling disloyal to my biological mother. So those are probably the top two things that I would say to stepmoms that these stepkids 
wish their stepmothers knew. And how helpful to understand the reasons behind that. If they feel like that their stepkids are not embracing them, they're doing everything right, they're loving on them, they're uh, kind to them, they're encouraging all the time, they're doing things for them, and then they don't feel like um, that the stepchild is responding to all of that. It's so helpful to understand, again, just the hurt and the conflicted feelings, the turmoil that's going on in their hearts just because of uh, the situation of being a blended family and the loyalty to the mom. And so that is just so insightful. Laura, I'm sure there's not a stepmom out there who doesn't want her stepkids to love and respect her. Uh, that's our goal, one of our goals. Uh, what are some practical ways a stepmom might earn and encourage that love and respect? The number one thing a stepmom can do to build a bridge with a stepchild is to never, ever, ever say or do anything negative about the biological mother. Even if that mother is deceased, if they are in a mental institution, if they are in a drug rehab, even if they have completely abandoned the child. And sometimes stepmoms and even dads will say, well, we never say anything negative. But I can tell by the way they're just talking to me as their life coach that the tone in their voice, their body language, their attitude about the biological mom is conveying to the child, your mom is bad, your mom is worthless, your mom is high conflict, your mom is a problem. And so when a child, even if they themselves know that mom is not a good mom, if they sense that you are portraying that, the claws will come out. You know, it's no different than me in my own family. You know, I can say something negative about my mom, but if you said something negative about my mom, you know, I'd be wanting to rip your head off. And so this is human nature, and we have to stop blaming kids for defending their parent or Many stepmoms get upset that their stepchild won't see the biological parent for who they really are. That's not a child's job, and it's not my job as a stepmother to make sure they see the true things about their mother. My job is to help them feel loved and cared for when they are in my home. And so that means I need to have a place as a woman to take these hurt feelings, to take the things that I see the other parent doing that I think are hurting the stepkids, I need to have an excellent place that I have a circle, a tribe, where I can go and get the support I need so that when I come back to step-parenting these, these kids, I'm not venting that or letting that out in front of them. And so, and let me just say, social media is not the place to get that support. You'll get venting on social media, but you won't learn ways to change. You won't learn ways to get healed and healthy and whole. You have to attend events or read resources or form a small group to get that kind of support. 
So I want to clarify what I mean by, by having a place, a soft place to fall with other stepmoms who understand your pain. And that's where you, God gives us the energy and the strength and the connection with other women who understand we pray together, we laugh together, we cry together, so that when we're with our stepkids, we're not dumping on them the hurt feelings about what the other biological parent may be doing. So that would be my encouragement in that area, is just avoid discussing, or even with your body language, making it appear that you hate, dislike, or wish the mom would disappear. Because all that's going to do is add to the child's hurt. Mm -hmm. So yes, very good counsel there. I love that. Laura, it makes me think of a meme Ginger and I have mentioned on the show before, but it says, I need to teach my face to use its inside voice. Boy, is that the truth. <laughs> and I'm guilty of that. I know. And kids can tell. The kids can tell when we don't like the mother. Mm. You know, the wisest thing I ever started doing was praying for my husband's ex-wife, mm. for the mother of my stepkids. Because you can't hate somebody and pray for them at the same time. <laughs> That's right. And so I began praying for her. And did it change everything? Did it make everything go wonderful overnight? No. It didn't change anything about the circumstance. All it did was change my attitude. It gave me the mind of Christ for how to think about her. And that in turn helped me to see the children through that light is just hurting kids. They weren't intentionally trying to manipulate or control or badmouth me. They were victims of their parents' divorce. And that made it much easier to love them and embrace them and bond with them. Now is the part of our show where we give a quick tip for parents. And today's quick tip is courtesy of Laura. So Laura, what is your quick tip for us today? My quick tip is to make sure you keep the main thing the main thing and don't let little itty bitty things that are just irritations become too big of a thing that you really can't control it, you can't change it, and just keep the main thing the main thing. That's great. I think that applies whether you're a step-parent or not. <laughs> let's, let's figure out what we need to overlook here. We've got enough problems. That's exactly right. If you have a quick tip for our show, we would love to hear from you. It can be any random tip about cooking, housekeeping, something you do with your kids, ideas for fun date nights, anything at all. We would love to share your ideas on the podcast. Just go to gingerhubbard.com slash quick tips to submit those. Well, Laura, as I mentioned at the top of the show, there are a lot of women who find themselves married to a man with kids and are struggling with feeling alone, misunderstood, and just worn out. And so as someone who's walked in their shoes and not only survived, but thrived as a stepmom, can you leave our stepmom listeners with a final word of encouragement? When I first became a stepmom, I didn't think I was going to make it in total honesty. Being a stepmom has taught me more about how to love like Jesus than any other experience in my life. Because it is continuous self-sacrifice it is continuous putting someone else before myself. It's continuously learning how to set healthy boundaries with people who may or may not ever allow me in their life. But it's taught me how to live above that. 
And it's one of the greatest experiences of my life because it's made me more like Christ. Wow. I love that. Laura, thank you so much for sharing your heart and your wisdom with us today. I know you've been a tremendous blessing and encouragement to our stepmom listeners and to me as well as a stepmom. Before we go, we do want to tell our listeners about an upcoming event where Laura and I will be speaking together. Uh, The Ignite Women's Conference is going to take place in St. Louis, Missouri, March 25th through 27th. It's going to be a wonderful, encouraging weekend for women of all ages and stages of life to come and rest in the truth of God's Word. And I'm especially excited to say that to kick off the weekend, I'll be joining Laura for a special event just for stepmoms. That event's going to take place on Friday. So if you're a stepmom, we really hope you'll come out. We would just love to meet you and encourage you, pray with you, and just love on you all weekend. Uh, You guys can find out more details and register for the Ignite Women's Conference at ignitewomen.org. So again, listeners, you can find out more and register for the Ignite Women's Conference and the Stepmom event in St. Louis, Missouri, March 25th through the 27th at ignitewomen.org. Laura, what's the best way for our listeners to find out more about you and your books? Yes, I have a website filled with free stuff, free blogs, resources. It is thesmartstepmom.com, thesmartstepmom.com. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Ginger and Laura, and thank you, listeners, for joining us. If you enjoyed our show and want to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And while you're there, we would love to have you leave a rating or a review. If you have a parenting question, we invite you to submit it at gingerhubbard.com slash askginger, and we'll do our best to answer it in a future episode. Ginger's website is also where you can find our show notes, which will include links to anything we mentioned in today's episode, like Laura's fantastic books. While you're on gingerhubbard.com, you can find Ginger's wonderful resources that will help you get to the heart of outward behavior and address it from a biblical perspective. Today, we're offering her parenting book, I Can't Believe You Just Said That, Biblical Wisdom for Taming Your Child's Tongue, at a 10% discount when you use the code parenting at gingerhubbard.com. Ginger also offers a free discussion guide for this book on her website, which is great for book clubs and small group studies. If you'd like daily encouragement and parenting advice from Ginger, be sure to follow her on Instagram at ginger.hubbard. Ginger and I would love to lead a women's event at your church, so we offer a one- or a two-day conference as well as a full weekend retreat. If your church might be interested in hosting our women's conference or bringing Ginger in for a parenting conference, please fill out the contact form at gingerhubbard.com, and we'll get back to you with more information. Listeners, thank you for joining us today. We look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God.